The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello and welcome to Always Another Way. I am your host, Marina Sprocky Spriggs. I have a master's in professional counseling. I'm the Ippy Award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and the author of Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I'm also trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to outside of the box and open-minded thinkers it's for people who hear the call of hope in always another way. And if you are very rigid and completely set in your beliefs, then this probably isn't your cup of tea. However, you should note that tastes do change. And I am so excited for today's guest. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who has had road bumps in my life. And change is hard, that's for sure. You know, I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly making mistakes, trying to learn from them, making mistakes again. Um, but hopefully, I'm learning a little better than when I was younger. And I want you, just for a moment, to kind of think about your attitude in present life. Do you wake up in the morning with dread? Do you think that most people are bad? Does everything seem to go wrong for you? Or do you think some days are good and some days are bad? Do you believe that things can and will change? Or maybe you just think everything is fine the way it is and nothing needs to change. And if you're sitting in that place, you know, maybe you're just truthfully comfortable. Or maybe you sit in another place called denial, which I myself have sat in many a times. And it could be sitting in it right now. I don't know. I guess that's denial. <laughs> but anyways, you know, there's also the sitting in a place where you smile, pretend like nothing's wrong, but really things are crumbling apart. You know, no matter where you sit or your current attitude, I'm the believer that, you know, we can always be a little better. And... My next guest has written a book that is called Reframe. And let me tell you, if you didn't get instructions with your life, this is the book. So I want to introduce you to Dr. Jada Jackson. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an author, a counselor, and a talk show host. She's known for her transparent, practical style of communicating and teaching and her ultimate goal is to guide her clients into meaningful and purposeful living, particularly in the areas of personal, emotion management, and behavioral modification. 
Jada is the president of Total Life Counseling Center in Dallas. She's a graduate of Regent University and has a Bachelor of Arts degrees in professional communication and a Master of Arts in Human Services Counseling. Jada also has a Master of Science degree in Counseling Psychology with a concentration in mental health from Palm Beach Atlantic University. And she has a doctorate degree from Argosy University in the Counselor Education and Supervision Program. She's the smarty at the party, if you didn't know. <laughs> and Jada is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. Additionally, Jada has worked as a consultant and counseling psychology professional for the NBA and BPA Health Education Program. She has also worked with the Major League Baseball Association and with other professional athletes. So welcome, Jada. Thank you. That was a lot. I know, because <laughs> you're so smart, and there's, there's more. She's like getting another degree. She's so smart. I know. We're not going to tell anybody that one now. <laughs> maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. Maybe I I'll know. let the cat out of the bag. I don't know. I know. Sorry. But anyways. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And then, full disclosure, I work with Jada. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I'm uh, the counseling intern. And I met Jada maybe a year ago when I was, you know, shopping for another place and, you know, was immediately impressed by her because, you know, not just looks because she's gorgeous, but I mean, an impressive list, super smart woman, total go-getter, and then just this kind, compassionate, like, aura that you can just feel that just just comes out of her that you can see when you just see just her. Keep, I, I know I'm paying you under the table to say all of that, but yeah, just keep it coming. Just keep yeah, it coming. and she's and these sparkly eyes, and um, you know, and I'm drawn to people that are that are go getters mm -hmm. and see that oh, she's got a plan. Like, hey, we could do this, and there's this another way thing about her. And so recently, um, she just her book just came out. It is called Reframe, and you know, if that's not just I think the best way mm -hmm. to do things for behavior change in life, because sometimes you're just dealt pile of poop, you yeah. know, and you know, you could sprinkle it with sugar, maybe, I don't know, or use it as fertilizer, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Jada, I just, you know, want you to tell everyone here, what was the catalyst? What, what got you going to think about this reframe? Well, it's really um, a very simplistic approach to shifting your attitude. But for me very personally, and this is one thing I did not have on my resume, mm -hmm. but for many years, I traveled literally the world. And in that travel, I would meet different young women in particularly, and they just didn't know what they wanted to do in life, or they were overwhelmed with um, really poor or low self-esteem and poor self-concept. So that was the initial kind of, you know, light my fire moment. And I thought, how can I teach these young women how to live at their most, you know, the peak performance in their life to build the life of success that they want? And I'm like, because they were thinking, oh, I'm ugly or my life, you know, I, you know, grew up in a domestic violent household or there was just trauma underneath the surface. How could I help them see life at least to be able to put on a pair of rose-colored glasses, right? Yeah. And, and that was kind of what lit my fire to go into counseling in particular. Isn't that nice? And then to just to see something in that environment that somebody doesn't have something and then, 
you're one of those people that I like to think of as they're like the ultimate hookuppers, you know, <laughs> as they see like, okay, I have something mm -hmm. and you don't have it, but I, but I know you could get it or you're just missing right. seeing it in yourself. Yeah. Let me hook you up and, yeah. sh and show you the way. Well, you know, we all... Or point you in that direction. You or know? at least, yeah, yeah, give you kind of a, hey, it's over south or yeah. it's in that direction. But one of the things um, that, you know, I did not put in my resume is that for 10 years, I worked at, I was the face of uh, Fashion Fair Cosmetics. If anybody knows um, Ebony Magazine, I worked for Ebony Magazine for 10 years. And in doing that, um, I always knew, I, you know, I kind of pursued my passion, but I always knew that I had to have a plan B. Well, I learned that a lot of people don't have a plan B. If you are in, say, the entertainment um, world or you, you know, want to be a fashion model or whatever that is, in that kind of pursuit, you have to have a plan B, which means you have to reframe or you have to do it another way. You have to make sure that, okay, if this doesn't work out, what's going to be my fallback? Well, I was really blessed to be able to, for 10 years, work in an industry that I was passionate about, but I knew that I had a plan B and that plan B was, okay, I have a master's degree <laughs> in, in um, psychology and that was important for me to be able to launch into doing what I'm doing now and that's helping people fulfill their ultimate dreams. And I love that you do that, just so inspiring. And, and from that, you know, reframe, um, you know, we'll dive into the book a little bit and I'll just tell you, it's I've like, I'm a dog ear of a lot of pages. Yes, she has a lot of dogs, <laughs> of, dog ears of there. Just super amazingness. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of, you know, take, take somebody through, you know, cause she's touches on not just the mental part, but your mm -hmm. everything that it's all connected. Right. Really essentially from the being from, and there's a beautiful metaphor about water mm -hmm. um, for the body. And I don't know, I'm, I'm winging this on sure, you sure. or something, but if you want to talk a little bit about, you know, something that we can find in the book. Absolutely. And well, first I, I just want to say that um, professionally, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist and I, and I genuinely believe in our ability to change how we think in order to change how we feel, in order to change our behavior. So I definitely believe in that process. Additionally, I really embrace positive psychology because I love the, the study of happiness. How can we you know, embrace happiness and the success of our lives? And then furthermore, I'm, I embrace mindfulness. You know? So all of these elements I think are deeply rooted in the book along with my core belief system, which is very important for me because I believe that everybody has a core belief system and decisions are made based on that core belief system. Um, how you engage in relationships are based on that core belief system. And then everything else are just kind of the coping skills and the tools and techniques that we use to kind of fulfill the trajectory of our lives, right? So with Reframe, obviously it's very simplistic and you know this, it's taking a negative thought and simply transforming it into a more positive thought. Well, that sounds easy, but try to do it, right? Right. <laughs> it's not as easy as we may think it is, but if you do it over and over and you're consistent, then we can eventually get to a place where we have a negative thought, we identify the negative thought, we find a positive thought to replace that negative thought, and then we start to do it automatically. So one of the things that I talk about in the book that I think is very important is restructuring our responses. 
Oh, yeah, that's very nice. Right. Because, again, when we're talking about triggers, for example, sometimes we're triggered and we have a reaction and we're like, where did that come from? Right. How did I do that? Now, here's full disclosure. One of the things um, that I had to deal with, which is also a huge part of why I decided to write my first book and now this book, and that is I grew up in a domestic violent home. Now, not everybody grows up that way, but we all have trauma in some form or fashion. That's right. right. Just pick a finger somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do we deal with that? How do we deal with dysfunctional relationships? How do we make healthier decisions when everything around us constricts us into this very dysfunctional way of operating in our lives? So again, first of all, we have to have self-awareness, but in order for us to restructure our reactions or our responses, we have to be self-aware. Right. Right. And sometimes it's difficult to be self-aware when everybody around us is dysfunctional, right? That's for sure. Yeah. And so I genuinely believe that if we can get to a place of saying, okay, one of the other um, things that I talk about in the book is jealousy and how jealousy kind of, you know, it's this jealousy and envy that we, we face. And I told um, a friend of mine, I said, you know, a lot of my jealousy in the past wasn't necessarily jealousy of another woman or jealousy of that person has that. It was always related to dysfunctional relationships. Ah, that's very interesting. And that, I think I've had some of those feelings too. And then the the kind of kicker on that and working through it. So it's particularly if you had like a poor parental relationship, you can't get it back. You right. can't go and like, yeah, I like another dad. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we redo for a father-daughter dance or something? And you can't. And it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a loss you, you know, have to deal with. Yeah, and, and in those losses or in the dysfunction of those relationships, we've set patterns of thinking, which obviously are unhelpful thinking patterns, and everybody knows that we have those. But at the end of the day, when I do kind of do my self-scan and my self Um, awareness piece, I go, okay, what triggers me to have negative responses or negative reactions? So I literally have to be honest with myself. I have to be vulnerable with myself. I have to really look at, is that an actual failure or is that just an area of growth where I need to define more knowledge or education or something in that area that's going to make me the epitome of what I want to be in life? Yeah, and I love just the way that you actually just re- reframed I that. Reframed that, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> because that that is the truth. Is you do have, you know, if we had five minutes to look at our life, we could, you know, the highlight reel, which is the good one, or or the crap reel, you yep. know, and you yep. that's five minutes. You pick, pick or choose that. But in that, just reframing and seeing yourself, and also that admitting to yourself mm-hmm. what's what's wrong is the sometimes just is the hardest part. But when you break through that. Yeah. Good things can and I happen. think that that's where the freedom and the liberty comes from in being able, you know, for me, um, I grew up where I really felt that I needed to be perfect and I was less than perfect. So for me to do things that are outside of the box now, it means I have to let my hair down and I have to do things that I wouldn't normally do because I walked a very fine line um, spiritually, I will say, you know, because again, my faith 
is a huge component of that core belief system. But, you know, I grew up where, you know, we couldn't wear pants to church or we couldn't do this. There was just a lot of restrictions where you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't. And I'm like, okay, so what can I do? Mm -hmm. Like, what what changes at this point where I can feel that I'm okay? Right. And then what do you think... It, when do you think it was for you? Because I know, you know, when people grow up under, you know, violent, toxic situations, mm -hmm. you you really, you lose a sense of self and what's right a lot of times, especially when it's, you know, different kinds of violence. You don't know, you know, deep down, you know, like, okay, if I do something bad, I'm going to get in trouble. But then oh, I spilled something like, Ooh. you know, <laughs> then the whatever else to not right. know those things. When do you think you knew like, okay, wait, this, this is just not working and I think I have to go a different way? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, Marina, because a huge part of a child growing up in an environment that you can't control, you have to wait until you're 18 or you're out of college to really explore life as it is outside of maybe your parents' ideas or your community, your, you know, community's ideas, whatever that is. Um, so I think for me, definitely during that college age, I started to kind of explore some areas and, and really thinking, you know, what do I believe? What do I really feel? Because here's something I believe a lot of adults deal with now is that what you feel really is what your parents felt. So there's kind of that projection of what our environment says we should feel. And then I go, wait a second, do I really feel that way? And the kind of the light bulb moment for me was, I don't really feel that way. Oh. So it's being able to, again, reframe and kind of disconnect because now it's, if I don't feel that way, is there going to be judgment? Is there going to be condemnation? Is there going to be some sort of backlash? Is there going to be some sort of you're not okay moment? And again, I think all of us find our voice. All of us really look at ourselves and say, this is what I believe, and I'm okay with believing that. And because I'm okay now, just because you think something different doesn't make me less than you. It just makes me me. <gasps> Amen. Hallelujah to that one. <laughs> that is really, really good. And, yeah. and that, that, is, that is true, and it's letting go of, if you know deep down, you know, you're a good person, and it doesn't matter, just the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even people can change and you're not the worst thing you've ever done. For right. Sure. And, and I think that change, again, reframing is changing, yeah. even if it's just changing just a little bit. But we're afraid of change because oftentimes we're afraid of the unknown. But if we can just kind of relax and say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to take a little bit of change or I'm going to reframe just a little bit, you know, that could be the difference between having a $50,000 job a year or a $150,000 job a year. That's for sure. And so just, you know, what does it take, do you think? I mean, other than I seriously suggest reading this book, it is like nuggets of knowledge on every page where where it is just even if you see something you know changes change is big change mm -hmm. takes but you can make i mean little changes instantly Absolutely. with with a mindset change of like mm -hmm. hey instead of being a victim i could be a survivor absolutely and then it all goes from there yeah so what do you think someone needs to um what do you need to make change um i think just an awareness I mean, there has to be, and I said this already, a, a self-awareness that, you know, 
I may not be perfect or I may, and a lot of people aren't striving necessarily to be perfect, but I may not be what I want to be right now, but what can I do to make that change? And I think it starts with awareness, self-awareness, and then you gather the knowledge that you need, whether it's reading or whether it's pursuing a mentorship or whether it's being in an environment that uh, you want to be in eventually and having someone kind of pour into you, um, gathering that knowledge and then taking action. I am a firm believer, and you probably know this about me, but I'm really methodical in how I approach things, whether it's with my business or whether it's um, me being mentors to other people. Um, there has to be strategy. And in that strategy means that you have to take time to yourself. So again, I'm a huge advocate for um, self-care a huge advocate for meditation. A lot of my great ideas come during my meditation time. And in that meditation, I'm like, okay, there's my strategy. So now I have to implement it. So just being willing to recognize the change and being willing to take the steps to implement change. Oh, that's right. And hopefully some of y'all listening today are going to be willing to take that change and Tell everybody where we can get your book at. Well, they can go to um, jadajackson.com and get an autographed copy or go to amazon.com and purchase it um, right from Amazon. All right. Wonderful. And is there anything else that you do another way? I do. Uh -huh. um, I am, I think I do counseling a different way. Okay. And Tell us. <laughs> the reason I say that is because, um, truthfully, everybody knows that if you're going to be a therapist, and you can Google this, a therapist probably um, makes anywhere between forty to $60,000 a year. Well, my different way was to be able to kind of expand, not just being a therapist in office, you know, speaking to you know, one client, I've been able to expand that into traveling and, you know, being in locker rooms with professional athletes and training them on mindfulness and training them on, um, you know, elevating their performance through mindset. So I definitely do that a different way. And um, again, you know, I work on television quite a bit as a psychology professional, so I'm doing that another way. Um, I think when I first got my um, degree in counseling, my vision for that initially was sitting in the office and counseling one person one on one. I went, oh no, let's do that another way. <laughs> you know, we're going to expand it. So, oh, that's awesome, and I and I love that about you. And that's also back to that initial. What's drawing is. Jada's not going to be one and done. Right. She's got ideas. Mm -hmm. And that is what separates people from mass success from ordinary. So, I mean, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. You know, do what you like. But if you just think there's something more than just what's, what's here, right. there do indeed is. Way. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much. And you always know that there is always another way.